Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. i tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. All right, it is Tears Week. Last week we did projections. This week, Tears. Starting with the quarterbacks. And we welcome back Dave Richard. We couldn't do Tears without Dave. What's up, Dave? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Happy Tears that Dave is back. Actually, uh, Dave does publish Tears. And we'll be using his for the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. But we're using Heath's. For the quarterbacks. All right, Heath? What a curveball. Yeah. It is a curveball. Well, that's what I, I saw. I come back after two weeks. We've got a whole week dedicated to tears. It's the thing that I've been doing for basically my entire career as a fantasy writer. <laughs> Let's look at Heath's quarterback tears. Well, those are the ones I had, and I, then I put them into clever Ooh. categories based on comic book movies and superhero movies. All right, all right. So okay. I'm kind of kind of binded to that. Uh, all right. and, and good morning to Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hi, boys. Hi, hi, Gene. And uh, yeah, <laughs> let's uh, let's get to it, guys. Just one news item. Unless I missed something this morning, you can let me know. But uh, Bucks, uh, maybe. Yeah, I probably should check that. Right, Bucks yeah. left tackle Donovan Smith said that playing during with the coronavirus out there is not worth the risk. So uh, mm-hmm. you know this could pop up a lot. We'll see what happens. We we should expect like. The two sports that are major sports that are getting close to starting have already had multiple players decide not to play. We should expect that to happen with the NFL, at least a couple guys, right? I would imagine so. You just don't know which ones it'll be at this point. And I'm worried that people who draft before training camp starts will pick players that end up saying, "Eh, I'm not going to play this year. Things Things are too hairy out there and they don't want to risk their health. You know, one who just dawned on me because I'm, uh, you know, we did the older wide receivers on Friday's podcast. I'm running a story to go with it. Uh, John Brown turns 30 this year. I wonder if his condition with the sickle cell trait, if that's something that could be a problem. Good point. Yeah, yeah that is a good point. Well, I think this. Or he just refuses to play in road games. You know, maybe he just says something. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could right. be anything, could with, be anything with somebody who has something that's underlying. You never know. Yep. Right. And so let's keep an eye on it. And, and it's really incentive to delay your draft as much as you can. But later this That's week, the one news item you're going with on Monday morning. What, yeah. is, what is there? There's a little bit of a bigger one. Team just dropped his nickname. Oh, yeah. I just OK. I just saw that. Well, <laughs> we're going to find out. I don't know what the name is yet. I don't know what the name is. What would you name it? it doesn't Adam? matter. They got, rid of the, they got rid of the wrong one. They got rid of the wrong, wrong one. I think I, I tweeted about this. There was an article we had that had a great suggestion it was about um, like a civil, red tails. A, yeah, I think it was the red tails. Is that the Civil War Battalion? I think or something that's the best like that? one. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the best one. Uh, the red tails is what I'm I'm voting for. You uh, should go copyright though. Uh, it's uh, HTTBD. Hail to the <laughs> hail to to be determined. <laughs> to be determined. Yeah. That's pretty good. 
All right, uh, that's that's all I got for for news and notes. So we'll get right into the tiers and we'll read your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's Monday morning, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Twitch night. And I always, like, I get sad when we don't play poker because I'm having so much fun playing poker. But I love mock drafts too. So tomorrow, we're doing a non-PPR mock draft, 7 p.m. Eastern. Join us. Follow along. Ask us questions. Twitch.com slash FF today. 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. Twitch.com slash FF today. And podcast awards. We need your help. Nominate us. Podcastawards.com. This is the website to go to, and the link is in the episode description. So podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. And basically, you just nominate our show, Fantasy Football Today. There are two categories you can nominate us for, people's choice and sports. Please do both, but if you're only going to do one, please do sports. We want to win the award this year. So uh, podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. It's very easy to do. And um, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, Heath left. So I, oh, there I'm he here. is. So <laughs> no, I'm I'm here. I just Ellie? noticed that um, my laptop is not charging. Okay, at least they, he's not frozen like Friday. Yeah, that was that was wild. We're on YouTube, yeah. YouTube.com/slash/fantasyfootball today. I desperately need a haircut. Um, all right, Have so you here, gotten one since it started. Not professionally. My wife's cut my hair a couple times. I've kind of cut some look of it as at you. well. You look like MC Search from third base. I am sure? uh, st- strongly considering the uh, man bun. I, I was told that uh, someone will come to my house and cut my hair outside. So I'm considering that. I've seen that. Yeah, I'm considering that. Okay, back to the, back to the show. First tier is uh, is all superhero ba- or yeah superhero movie based. Christopher Nolan's Batman series. This is the elite of the elite. There is no better tier than this one, and that is just two players: Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Everybody uh, on board with that? Yes, hundred percent. That's the For top sure. tier in my tiers as well. Although I didn't label it as such, I just said after twenty fifth overall. That's oh. just when you should take them. There will probably be people in your league that take them sooner than that. You're gonna have to let them do that. But if you can get them starting in round three, seems like a really good deal to get guys that are going to put up, you know, 28 plus fantasy points per week. Well, then let's play it out, right? You've got your elite running back. Maybe it's McCaffrey or you had the first pick or you had one of the first five picks or you have an elite running back. And in the second and third rounds, you are deciding for us, it's kind of a wide receiver area or like Kittle. Um, You know, so let's say you can take two of these three. Juju Smith-Schuster, George Kittle, Patrick Mahomes. Let me add, I can give you a, a sort of a real-life scenario because we did our pick-by-pick series for um, the magazine. Mm-hmm. And in both of those, I believe, I took Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I know what I did with Mahomes because I had the first overall pick. So what I did was just to try something different. This is half PPR, and it was uh, myself, Dave Heath, and Ben Gretsch uh, picking – three teams in the 12 team draft. We did three, three teams in that. And so after I took McCaffrey, I took Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Jones at the turn just to do something a little different. So Jones was uh, the last running back that uh, I think is in that two, three range for me. Um, You know, I prefer to get most of the other guys toward the end of round three or or, or round four. Um, And then with Lamar Jackson, what I did was I took Devontae Adams at nine, Josh Jacobs in round two, and then Lamar Jackson round three. So Oh, um, yeah, but scenarios that, where that's really late because it's probably most people aren't going to be able to get him with the ninth pick of round three, right? 
Well, I don't think most of these, I don't think Mahomes and Jackson are making it to the end of round two either. You know, so I think, you know, any of the, the scenarios that we're probably going to give you uh, that we've done are, are not going to be what is going to be reflective in most ADP scenarios and probably most of our, you know, user drafts. I think you're going to see those guys go probably at somewhere 10th overall through 15th overall. I think both guys go off the board ADP wise. Sure. So the first thing you need to think about when you're when you're contemplating a draft strategy, and this is basic, is how badly do you want one of these quarterbacks? And your league scoring will probably be a huge factor. If it's six points for passing touchdown, there's crazy rules for rushing and you know long touchdown passes, then maybe you'll you'll reach up a little bit for those quarterbacks. But otherwise, just know that the position is deep and you don't have to spend a top 15 pick on a quarterback to still get good value on one. All right, then fine. Let's just answer that question, though. And I'll throw in a few more names, right? You've got two picks, and you can have Aaron Jones, George Kittle, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cooper Cup, and DJ Moore. Throw those five out there. And Kenny Galladay, uh-huh. those six. <laughs> Who do you t- And the quarterbacks are on the board. Give me your two that you pick there. You already have an elite running back in round one. What's the format? Uh, it's six point per passing touchdown, and it's half PPR. I'm definitely going to take Kittle ahead of the quarterbacks. I will probably, I'll take Jones ahead of the quarterbacks and I may take Galladay. I don't know about cup, but Galladay, I think I would end up taking ahead of the quarterbacks. Yeah. I'd, I'd go DJ Moore and Kittle probably. I would probably take all of them. Over yeah. The Moore should probably be ahead of them too. If, if, if I'm playing this out, I'm taking everybody over the quarterback. Okay. Um, let's go to our next tier, which is the Avengers end game which is near elite. And then I have the Avengers Infinity War, which is somehow in a different tier than Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott is in the Avengers Endgame tier, Heath. And then Russell Will... Heath's 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 tiers are a little different, I think, than than Dave's. Um, I think Dave would probably put Dak... And the thing for me is... um, like I technically, in projections, have Dak closer to Lamar Jackson... Then I have Lamar to Mahomes, or then I have Dak to Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. So I do think that he is the guy that could have 600 pass attempts, but also run for five touchdowns, throw for 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns. Like I, I really like his situation, his weaponry, and the fact that he could have a high pass volume and good rushing production both. Okay. So he's slightly ahead of everybody else for you, Heath. Um, Dave, how do you tier it with Dak and and the rest of the gang? So the second tier is Dak, for me, is Dak, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Deshaun Watson. And I view them as as quarterbacks that I would take in rounds five and six in a one-quarterback league. And I think you might see one or two of those guys make it to round five in 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 a regular old fantasy league that isn't populated by a bunch of fantasy dorks like us but these are guys that have the potential to jump ahead of jackson and maybe mahomes to be the number one qb in in fantasy so jamie how do you see the tier the next tier after the top two guys it's all four of those guys um i i've said this many times watson's my favorite just because i do think that this is his 2015 cam season where he's just going to put the team on his back and I do think that the change of weapons is not necessarily great for him losing his number one guy, but I do think what those guys do if they're healthy and Fuller and Cooks that will help him, you know, with a lot of splash plays, a lot of big plays down the field and, and open up a lot of rushing lanes for him. So 
Uh, I would take Watson over the group, but I think they're all bunched together. They're bunched together in my rankings. I think it, it wouldn't surprise me if any one of them is the number one quarterback if some things go wrong for the top two guys. But uh, I just think they're they're so close together. And, and as we talked about on Friday, the only thing that would change that for me is if Antonio Brown does sign with the Seahawks, then I would put Russell Wilson ahead of Watson at three. Right now, Wilson is five for me behind Dak. And the point of the tiers, Dave, is that, you know, you should be fine with the last guy in that tier, right? You don't, it's not really right. like a big drop off, but they all have similar expectations. But is so, that how you're drafting it? Or, or is there one in there that you actually really target? Well, I mean, they're in the order in which I have them ranked. So if all four of those guys are on the board and it's round six and I decide to take a quarterback because it's good value, Dak is going to be the one. Mm-hmm. But okay. the way I look at it is, let's say I'm up in late round five and I know I've got a pick coming up in early round six and there's only one of the quarterbacks left from this tier. And there's at least one team behind me that needs a quarterback. I know that this tier is about to run out. I want to be able to get the best possible value I can at quarterback. So it almost alerts me. Okay. If you're not going to take a quarterback now, you're going to have to pick somebody from the next tier. So you better make sure if you're taking somebody from another position, it's, it's somebody who's, who is absolutely worth it because you're missing out on a really great quarterback. The tiers just basically let you know when the next level, the next best level of players is coming up. And then the group of, maybe I'm not explaining it. The no, best you are, player. you are a group of a group of players with the best possible expectations is running out or is coming up. You know, to be aware of, of it. I, I'm not sure if I'm explaining it exactly. Well, I wrote it better in the tiers and strategies story that you guys will read on cbssports.com. I thought you did a great job, Dave. Yeah, I, I just gave you a giant word salad. There you go. Everybody is giving you a round of applause for that. Uh, but here's the thing. Heath's tiers are a little bit different. It's not just those four guys. It, it's Dak in the Avengers Endgame tier. And then the... Jeez. I think we lost Heath again. All right, he'll come back. And then the uh, the Infinity War, somehow a different tier than Dak Prescott tier, is Wilson. Thanos snapped his fingers and Heath went away. <laughs> Wilson, Watson, Murray, and then he has Carson Wentz and Josh Allen in in that tier. With- right. So maybe Heath feels like all those guys have the same type of expectation. Mm-hmm. In which case, if he's got a tier with six quarterbacks, do I have it right, Adam? Uh, sort of. It's Dak, and then it's Wilson, Watson, Murray, Wentz, Allen. That so that's a five quarterback tier. So you're saying Dak is in his own tier? Yes. Okay, for him. So it that goes, means that yeah. he just views Dak as strictly a guy in between the elite and the the infinity war group that you mentioned. <laughs> right. 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 So, so that yeah. that would just tell me that he views more quarterbacks being comparable after Dak than I do. Sure, but I yeah, yeah. And and it's Wentz and Allen specifically that he has in the same tier as yeah. Wilson, Watson, and Kyler Murray. So what do you guys think about that? You obviously don't view them that way, but you know, I wish Heath, Heath will be back. He's his set his computer froze, so he's coming back. But um, I think those think? those guys are, you know, and I want to interpret what Heath is doing, but they feel like they could finish in the top five, not necessarily number one. Where for me, I think any of those guys, again, something the the four after the top two of Watson, Wilson, Prescott, and Murray have number one type upside. Again, I think something would have to happen to Mahomes and Jackson. We saw it happen to Mahomes last year when he got hurt and missed time and you know struggled with the ankle injury when he was playing. But uh, if something were to happen to both those two guys and then you know one of the other four just does something absolutely incredible, uh, we could see them finish 
in, in that number one spot. I don't know if Wentz and Allen have that type of upside. I do think that Allen is just outside that group. He has uh, certainly the rushing numbers and pedigree that we've seen to uh, you know get to that type of, of production if his passing improves, but that's a big leap. And then Wentz, as we saw in 2017, before his ACL tear, he was neck and neck with Deshaun Watson for uh, points per game being as the number one quarterback that season. So, um, you know, he's got that that type of, uh, of upside as well, but he's got a whole new receiving core, essentially, you know, if Alshon and, and Deshaun are going to miss time, you know, certainly with uh, injuries or other circumstances. So I, I think, you know, when you look at those two in particular, um, to me, they're closer to, you know, maybe their top five as opposed to maybe their top three. Wentz, you mentioned that he has that upside, but what's happened the last two seasons? It's it's uh, it's annoying because the last two seasons Carson Wentz has not even been a top ten guy per game. Two years ago he was he wasn't even top fifteen, and last year he was thirteenth in four point per passing touchdown leagues and twelfth in six point per passing touchdown leagues per game. So just, yeah, but I mean those are those are some some circumstances that we have to see fixed, and that's the if. You know, it's it's the two years ago he was coming off the ACL and he had the back injury and so he missed time at the end of the season. And last year his entire receiving core fell apart. You know, so the hope would be one, if not both of the veteran guys are there, and then Rager and maybe another young guy, including you know uh, JJ Arthega Whiteside, steps up. You know, so if he has talent around him, obviously the tight ends and the running backs look to be great. So if he can get some help in the receiving core. You know, he's got that type of potential. So yeah. I think that's what you're drafting if you're drafting Wentz, you know. So I think he saw the floor when Wentz is healthy last year. So that's, I, I like think, what you're... I like floor is like QB12, right? Like yeah. he can still finish. I, I, I would say court. 10, you know, if if uh, if that's what yeah. last year was because he was he was working his way through a lot of different things. You know, it was just the, the two years of injury concerns. It was everybody falling apart around. I mean... You know, look what he did with Deshaun in, in week one. You know, how how good that combo looked. True. Look what he had to put together at the end of the season with Greg Ward and, and the running backs and, and those guys doing everything to help him. So I think if you were to say, you know, like if Rager reaches the heights that Dave has for him as, you know, one of the best rookie wide receivers, is not the best, and maybe Deshaun or Alshon give you something, you know, of, of what we've seen them, you know, when they're healthy. You know the tight ends are going to produce. You know the running backs are going to produce. You got to have faith in Doug Peterson after what he's shown you as a head coach and a play caller. Uh, you know, losing Brooks on the offensive line stinks, but you know I think there's still a good enough group there that should help Wentz be successful. So I think if you're buying into Carson Wentz, you're hoping for more than than the 12th best quarterback. But if that's your floor, then that's not bad, depending on where you're going to get him. All right, so I'm worried about him staying healthy, and I'm worried about what Jalen Hurts might do. Like, is is Wentz going to lose numbers because Jalen Hurts is playing? six or seven snaps per game, you know, even if yeah. he's just running and not really doing a whole lot else, not doing a lot of passing, it's still well, going to hurt Miles Sanders too. So that would hurt Miles Sanders too. Why would it hurt Miles right. Sanders? I mean, it's not like we talk about Taysom Hill hurting Alvin Kamara. We talk about Taysom Hill hurting uh, Drew Brees. That's true. Like if Miles Sanders is, is going to be the pass catcher that we think he has already shown and should continue to be, then it shouldn't hurt him to the point where you would, um, you know, drop him around in your, fantasy projection hey, look it, it could it could hurt my life it could easily be Jalen Hurts comes in a third and goal from the two and runs it in or something like that. uh Heath Carson Wentz and Josh Allen being in that tier with those three guys with Kyler Murray Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson now welcome back um what do you want to say about that 
Yeah, I think like undeniably Wentz has a higher floor than the guy that everybody has ahead of him, Kyler Murray. He was he had all of these receiver problems last year and was still better than Kyler Murray. And we've seen the top five upside from Wentz. He actually runs not a lot, but enough to where he doesn't necessarily have to throw for 4,700 yards and 30 touchdowns, but he has that type of potential as well. This has been a team that's been pretty, when they're going right, they're pretty pass heavy when it comes to touchdowns. They're generally low on the rushing touchdowns, high on the passing touchdowns. So I wouldn't be that surprised if Wentz throws 30 touchdown passes this year. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's better than Murray. And Josh Allen? Who knows? Like, if all the bar is so low, if he could just become an average passer and continue to have this rushing success, then I then you're looking at an easy top five quarterback. But he might also stink. Mm. Well, we don't. I don't think that we expect Josh Allen to rush for nine touchdowns, but the yards should be there. He's going to be among the leaders in rushing yards, which is great. And he just added Stefan Diggs, and he like. He hasn't been a good passer, but what does it mean to you guys that Josh Allen did improve? His numbers did improve significantly from year one to year two. Like so, and they gave him weapons, and they gave him digs. Yeah, right. Well, they gave him no. I'm saying last year they gave him Brown and Beasley, and so you saw a, a step forward from year one to year two, and now you got to see the progression from year two to year three. I, I mean, I think the the thing that will sway it is. Will the rushing go down? Because I don't think he's going to regress as a passer. I think that would be certainly, you know, disastrous for Buffalo if he goes backwards. Uh, so, again, if we're talking floor ceiling, I think we've seen his floor as a passer. And now you're adding a guy who's a great route runner, hopefully will, you know, continue to make some plays down the field and help Josh Allen continue to grow, as well as Brown and Beasley continuing to be there and maybe whatever Zach Moss and Devin Singletary do out of the backfield also. So I think Allen's got a high ceiling. Um, you know, if the rushing comes down, though, that's going to be a problem. So if he goes from you know, nine to two in terms of the rushing touchdowns and, and, you know, maybe loses 50 to hundred yards rushing. That's going to be problematic if the passing doesn't go up, but the hope would be is that his mechanics improve the addition of digs helps him and, and he gets a little bit better. So uh, I'm with Heath. He does have top five upside, but you know, I, I don't think he has necessarily the downside of being outside a top 12 guy, unless he just gets hurt. I think he's got downside of outside the top 12. And I think he, I'll admit that he could finish his QB five this year. Um, do you know how many games he's thrown for over 300 yards in his career? He hasn't yeah. thrown for 270 yards yet. Yeah, well, I mean, that was going to be my next question. You... Thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think a Buffalo smart. They're, they're just going to tell him, don't chuck it deep as much. And they're going to use Stephon Diggs as a catch-and-run threat and not as a deep ball threat. And if they do that, then that would probably mean that we're drafting Diggs a little too late. But it also means that Josh Allen may not be – uh, in a position to get like huge chunk yardage and eventually break through for a 275 yard game or a 300 yard game. All right. We're going to take a break here on fantasy football today. When we come back, we've got the iron man tier durable old guys who don't run. I think that was pretty clever, right? It's, yeah. That was the, the best. That was the best tier. They're, they're also very, very rich. Yeah, that is very true. Um, so okay. we'll see uh, who the Tony Starks of fantasy football are when we come back. All right, according to Heath's tiers, the next group after Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Carson Wentz, and Josh Allen is Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, and Drew Brees. The Iron Man group, old, durable old guys who don't run and can fly. Uh, so, Brady, Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees. Heath, why don't you give us the first word on this tier? Yeah, I mean, you 
pretty well nailed it with the durable old guys who don't run. Um, we expect all these guys to have big time passing numbers, but their ceiling, like the way that football is right now with the Lamar Jacksons, the Kyler Murray's, the Deshaun Watson's, if you're not running for 150 yards, they might have to have like a 45 touchdown season to just get into the top three or four quarterbacks. I don't know that it's reasonable to expect that one of these guys actually has top three upside anymore, but they could certainly be top five or six guys with just an outstanding uh, passing production. What what will be interesting is what the volume is like. I don't think there's really much question for Ryan and really probably shouldn't be for Brady either. They're going to throw less than they did last year. Rodgers and Breeze both a little bit more interesting because we've saw New Orleans before last year was really trending towards more run heavy. We, de- we know that Green Bay is behaving like they're going to be more run heavy. If you're on a team or if you're a quarterback that doesn't run and you only get to throw the ball 525, 545 times in a season, it's hard to crack the top 10. Is Stafford not on this list because of the durable word? He's just in the next um, tier. He's the first guy in the next tier, which is the Watchmen tier, which is not your first choice, but if it's on, you'll watch it and realize, okay, that was pretty solid. Uh, and by the way, this the end of this tier is 12 quarterbacks. So these four te- these four guys are 9, 10, 11, 12, Brady, Rodgers, Ryan, and Breeze. So um, Matthew Stafford is the first guy in the next tier. So you're taking Rodgers over Stafford? Cool. What's that? You're taking Rodgers over Stafford? I've got Rodgers over Stafford right now, yeah. And you have Rodgers over Breeze. But in the same tier. Yes. Well, all right, so... Breaking these guys down, Heath, you said you think Brady will throw less than he did last year? No, I think Brady will throw less than Jameis did last year. Okay. They, Brady actually threw a lot last year, I think, but Jameis threw 626 times. That's a ton. Um, Rodgers, the, the question I have about Rodgers is, is the defense good enough for the Packers to be as run-heavy as they kind of want to be? Um, because when I was looking into Rodgers... Just statistically, I mean, it, it's just touchdown rate, right? He's he's still really, really good. Well, um, and I, I would just like it's yards per attempt too. Last year, league median was seven and a half yards per attempt. I don't know that he's been over seven and a half yards per attempt in like five years. You know, he hasn't. But one thing he doesn't do is throw interceptions, which is a little bit of an underrated stat in fantasy. Just doesn't turn the ball over. So, like. I can get the exact stats, but okay, he was the number okay, he was the number one quarterback in 2016. In 2017, he only played six healthy games. But based on those six games, he would have been the number two quarterback. So he was still elite. 2018, he was on pace for over 4,700 yards if you remove week 17 when he got hurt after five pass attempts. So his first 15 games on pace for 4,700 yards with only 27 touchdowns. So the touchdown rate was really low. And then last year was a little more concerning because the rushing really went away too. Like he's like, I don't know, 170 rushing yards, something like that. Um, but I don't know. I like, even though the, the yards per attempt and the completion rate are declining, I still feel like it's good enough for him. That if he just gets that touchdown rate back up, we shouldn't be writing him off is I guess what I'm trying to say. Do you agree with that? For me, like what has happened to Aaron Rodgers the last two years is what scares me about Russell Wilson and dynasty. Go on. The falling off a cliff. Because Wilson, like Rodgers, I, I think they're one and two all time in career touchdown rate. 
Um, and you can't, and they're both mobile quarterbacks and Rogers hasn't aged particularly well in terms of a mobile quarterback. So uh, like the rushing yards and the touchdown rate are two things that can very easily fall off. And then if you don't have the volume, you're just not very good for fantasy. But there's one huge difference. And that is that Russ's receiving core is trending upward. And it has been for the past couple of years, whereas Rogers is trending downward. And I would imagine that the Packers are aware of the touchdown rate for Rodgers, and that might be why they got Devin Funches, as gross as that might sound to you guys. They probably view Funches as a guy that can help Aaron Rodgers in the red zone. And like that's where the touchdown, that's where having a lack of a deep receiving core hurts Aaron Rodgers' touchdown rate. Because if he had Adams and Cobb and Jordy Nelson, I think they all were on the team at the same time at one point. Yeah. Like that's That's amazing. He's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. And last year was kind of evidence, especially when Devontae Adams got hurt, that it, it's hard for him to to find a lot of touchdowns. And the other I thing surprising I, some I, of his best games came when Adams was out, though. There was like one, right? Thank and you. I think he had like 30% of all of his fantasy points in two games. And one of them came without Adams. Maybe both of them did. I don't remember. Yeah, no, he was but, fine without Adams. It, it was really just seemed like it was just matchups for him all year, which is weird. He had 53 points against... To, well, no, he had opportunities to throw touchdowns. He just didn't get it done. I mean, I think gonna, if he had a deeper receiving core, we could count on Rodgers to have get back over the the thirty number. He's gonna he's gonna end up at a spot where you know if you don't get the quarterback that you want, you continue to wait. He's gonna be one of two guys that you probably draft and be okay for certain parts of the season. Uh, I don't think he has you know league winning upside anymore. Um, the guys have laid that out, you know, and and you know to Dave's point about the red zone potential. I don't think you bring in AJ Dillon to say we're going to throw more in the red zone or throw more near the goal line. You're going to bring in a, you know, a big power back to probably continue to run the ball in that range, whether it's him or Aaron Jones, as successful as Jones was last year. So uh, I, I'm I'm not putting Rodgers in this group. Um, like I'd rather have Stafford. I'd rather have Big Ben. You know, if you're talking about guys that are similar in terms of you know what they'll do as passers as opposed to what their rushing potential will do to enhance their passing ability understandably so the durable question that's why i asked you know Heath, is is that the reason why maybe rogers over stafford but um durability is a, a concern for those two guys i just look at rogers right now as somebody who uh you know you mentioned the interceptions he's he doesn't want to throw interceptions uh pete prisco's had a conversation with him i think i've referenced this before from what pete told me in that pete said to him you know you got to be around 11 or 12 interceptions because that means you're taking more chances and he said, you know, no, I want to be under 10. You know, essentially was the was the response. That's like that is so, such a Pete thing. And it's just like that's just not yeah, true Pete's for Aaron Rodgers. Being a little too careful. But Aaron Rodgers is oh, great. Is, right. No, he's not right. Not with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Pete's 100 percent right. Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He has but the it, ability it, to to be great without throwing a lot of interception. He doesn't have to be Brett that, Favre. That, that, that's he's that, not Brett Favre. That's entirely accurate, Adam. And, and obviously his win-loss record speaks to that because you're not turning the ball over and you're keeping the ball in your team's hands. But at the same time, though, you're not necessarily putting your your receivers and for what we talk about, putting the opportunity out there to maybe enhance some of your statistics. And so, you know, if you want to put Rodgers back in the MVP conversation, he's got to be 30 plus touchdowns, if not close to 40 with what these other guys are now doing. I mean, you know, he's not going to be at the Mahomes level if he's not taking some more chances. So, you know, I, I think that's kind of the point is, you know, if you are still one of the best quarterbacks, which he is, you know, if you're if you're talking about NFL versus fantasy, he's still one of the best in the game. Fantasy is just not at that level because he's not putting up those numbers anymore. So I think that's where he, where you're seeing him. But I do think that we've, as an industry, pushed him down so far that if he does have even the slightest bounce back, remember he was top 10 quarterback last year over the course of the season. His points per game wasn't necessarily reflective of that. 
but he wasn't awful. Oh, he was, he was 11th. Six, he was 11th huh? in points per game. Wasn't right. It? You'll get yeah. good enough production for the value that you're getting at his cost. But I don't think he's going to win you your fantasy league by himself like he did in that 2016 season or certainly in the early part of his career. All right. So what's that cost? What round are you comfortable? Oh, I mean, for? that's double digits for Aaron Rodgers right now. Right. And what I'm saying, and this is actually a good thing for everybody else that doesn't take Rodgers before then. If some doofus in your league takes Aaron Rodgers in round seven, it pushes another quarterback down to you. So you almost want to root for somebody to take Aaron Rodgers with the top 75 pick in your draft. That's how I pretty much feel about this tier is I'm I'm pretty happy just taking the last one that gets drafted. Uh, so I guess my question about this tier, the old guys who don't run, Brady, Breeze, Ryan, Rodgers, do you want to take, like, do you want to take this tier? Or do you just wait? I'm not, tar- it's what I just said. I'll, I'll just take, Whichever one's still there, I'm yeah. not. I'm not reaching out and trying to go get one in the single digit rounds. But that's a little bit different than saying, "Well, I'm just going to skip this tier and just go with Stafford, Minshew, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, like who, somebody later." Or do you think that there's a pretty big difference between this group and the guys after, um, to the point where, you know, you you do want one, you don't want to go much further than this than uh, much further than this group to have your number one quarterback. This no. is the safe group. This is the I know what I'm getting group because they've done it time and time again. The one wild card would be Brady, you know, just going to a different team and not necessarily knowing how it's going to work. But you expect it to work because it's Brady and Bruce Arians and all those receivers. So you're hoping that the, 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 the two the two magical forces come together and it's uh, and it's fantastic. But I mean, you know what what Breeze is going to do because he's been with Sean Payton forever. You know what Ryan's going to do because of the volume and, and what their cutter and that offense does and the weapons that he has. So, you know, it's, it's just, uh, I, I think, a scenario of if you feel comfortable, like you just want a safe quarterback, this is the, the, one of the guys that you take. If you want to swing for the fences guy, then you take probably somebody like a Daniel Jones or, you know, uh, again, if you want to put Stafford and, and Roethlisberger outside this tier, what we saw from Stafford last year and Roethlisberger in 2018, those two guys, I think, may have a higher ceiling than what this group does because of what they showed us over the last two seasons when both have been healthy. Just keep disrespecting Breeze, though. Just keep it up so I can keep getting him in the double-digit rounds in our drafts. He's, uh, I don't know. I think he's pretty awesome. He was second in fantasy points per game, second in consistency last year. Well, no, Stafford was second last year. No, not what I've got. Second in consistency for me. No, no, in points per game, Stafford was second. No, Breeze was better, according to what I'm looking at. Stafford was up there. I think Stafford was third. They might have been like... Stafford was two on our side. Okay. Well, I think they were basically I've got the numbers based on leagues that we were in, and Breeze is too, and Stafford is right behind them. I think they're basically tied. Uh, in fact, see. I'm looking at I know, this non decimal league. Oh, no, this is decimal. Stafford 25.38, Breeze 25.36. So I'm going to call it a tie. Second in points per game behind Lamar Jackson. Um, I just think that I, I just want to say about this last this group of Brady Rogers, Ryan Breeze they do have a lot of upside. I mean, Matt Ryan has thrown for 4,900 yards in two of his last four years, and he was about 4,500 yards in 15 games. He's going to be... Matt Ryan's almost always among the league leaders in passing yards. Tom Brady has his best weapons since 2007. The point point I was saying, Adam, was I've got Matt Ryan projected for 4,700 yards, Mm -hmm. and he's still 11th. How many touchdowns? How many touchdowns did you give him? 28. Well, yeah, that's... that's He's he's got Actually, this weird thing. Actually, hilariously, twenty eight point three. Why is that uh, hilarious? Total <laughs> quinky dink. I don't get it. I don't. Is get that it. literally the very first stat that you, you put have in time score? Super Bowl. Oh, oh. 
Um, yeah, all right, but like Matthew Stafford or Matt Ryan was the, the number one quarterback in fan, number two quarterback in fantasy two years ago, 2018. He had 35 touchdown passes. Yeah. All these guys, we've where, said it. They where all would that season that. have all compared, though, to Mahomes and Jackson the past two years? No, it wouldn't have, but it would have compared to any other quarterback. These guys are all good. They're all going to help you win. They're all going to help you win. Um, okay, so let's go to the next tier, which I asked my friend, hey, what's a comic book movie or superhero movie that is not your first choice to watch, but if it's on, you'll watch it and you realize it's pretty solid. And he said, Watchmen. I don't know if you guys have a better suggestion for this group. It's a horrible suggestion. Okay. Uh, Jamie said it's solid. I'm running with it. Uh, Stafford, Minshew, Cam, Goff, Roethlisberger, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor. Stafford, Minshew, Cam, Goff, Roethlisberger, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor. So you've got one crappy second-year quarterback in there. I'll let the listeners decide who they think it is. Is it Minshew or Daniel Jones? Um and you got Stafford, you got Cam, Goff, Roethlisberger, Tyrese. All right, interesting group here. Jamie, what's your reaction to this group? Do you think that they all belong in the same tier? I mean, it's nitpicking, you know, with, with I think Stafford should be ahead of Rodgers. But um, in terms of, uh, yeah, these, these are guys that could, you know, all finish in the top 10. Um, you know, Cam, as we've seen when he's right, uh, Daniel Jones and, and Minshew, you know, showed you some good flashes last year. Roethlisberger in 2018 was uh, a top three quarterback when he had his best season ever. So there, there's a, uh, you know, golf was top six two years ago, you know, before he had four disastrous games last year. So yeah, I think these guys are all uh, great. And then for Tyrod, um, you know, we've said this time and time again, or Tyrod, that if he were to play 16 games, he would have the chance to be, you know, ranked in this group and, and maybe drafted in this group. It's just the uncertainty of when he's going to get, removed if that happens for Justin Herbert, who was a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. So, you know, there's a, there's, there's a little bit more uncertainty with him, but you know, that's the gamble that you're taking. If you do take Tyrod Taylor, excuse me, Tyrod Taylor, that uh, you're going to get maybe a, a guy that could be fantastic for you for the amount of games that he plays. Dave, your thoughts on this group. It's a completely different looking set of tiers. Like once we get to the third and fourth tiers on Heath, it's just, it diverges so much from mine and a lot of the names that he has in this tier i've gotten a tier called early streamers which are basically well into the double digit rounds guys that you'll take just to begin the year with jamie encapsulated to rod taylor perfectly you you use him to begin the season if he's anything like his old self his buffalo days then you you're putting yourself a step ahead of the competition in your fantasy league and if he's like he was in the browns days who gives a padoodle? You go ahead and cut him and you pick up somebody else. And you can say that about anybody that you're taking late at quarterback. And that includes Cam. It includes Gardner Minshew. But there are quarterbacks that I think just have a little bit more upside that I would take before them. And unfortunately, there are a lot of them. Guys that I would I would take Roethlisberger above everybody that I just mentioned. Cam, Tyrod, uh, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew. I'm not sure exactly who's in in Heath's tier, but there's 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 a couple of guys in there. Daniel Jones is another that I just think has huge upside for 2020, um, and I would put them a tier above those that I would just look at as all right, they're streamers. I'm going to get started with Cam Newton as my quarterback. If he's great, awesome. I've got this year's Lamar Jackson. If he's not, I can go and and pivot to a different quarterback. Yeah, I think I think this tier should have been the Riddler tier because like all those question marks, there's plenty like 
it's undeniable. Cam Newton plays 16 games. Every time he's done it, he's been a top five quarterback. Cam Newton has as much upside as any quarterback not named Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. Ben Roethlisberger has a ton of upside, but like Cam Newton, he's coming off a major injury. Gardner Minshew and Daniel Jones have both looked like number one quarterbacks, and they've both looked kind of laughably bad at times, especially if your league penalizes for fumbles. So like, there's, I think there's a lot of upside, and there's a lot of question marks with virtually everyone in this group. Which is why none of them are going to go before round 10, much less round 11. Or at least uh, that's what I think. I, I wasn't around when you guys talked about Cam. I don't know if there's anybody that's willing to take Cam in round eight or round nine, um, but I wouldn't. I think that just depends on the league that you're in and when quarterbacks come off the board. But certainly, uh, you know, most of our drafts, no. Right. Yeah, like if you look at, at NFC average draft position right now, uh, Matthew Stafford is the 13th quarterback off the board right after Drew Brees and Aaron oh. Rodgers. Go get him. He's he's a hundred and eighth overall. So you're talking right round nine, round ten. That's the end of right. That's the last pick of round nine. And St- okay, so there are a lot of question marks about a lot of players in this tier, but we've already heard Jamie talk about Stafford. Does Matthew Stafford have question marks? Or do you feel like you know what you're getting with him? Yes, he definitely has question marks because he's I feel like every time we run to draft Matthew Stafford, he lets us down. And then the year after that, it's like what we have with Matt Ryan, where one year they're great and one year they're just kind of meh. If the Lions run game can somehow get going, if DeAndre Swift is the rusher that I think he was at Georgia and he can keep it going in the pros, then that's going to cut down on Stafford's attempts. But we already know that Stafford finished third in fantasy points per game last year by one-tenth of a point behind Drew Brees. He was really, really good. No, he was ahead. I, no, no, no. What I'm looking at is a tenth point. What okay. you're looking at, he's two one hundredths of a point ahead. Okay. He was okay. really close. We'll call it a tie. That's fine. Um, I was just being goofy. And I, I do think that Stafford, if, if the run game can't get going and the run game has never really been able to be successful on a consistent basis under Matt Patricia in Detroit, then you're going to see Stafford continue to throw. And he's immense value getting him at the last pick in round nine in a, in a fancy schmancy uh, high stakes league that that just sounds like a, a very wise pick that can lead to the playoffs. Yeah, I'd say Stafford probably should be in the uh, tier above this. Go he, for it, Heath. He was uh, he was QB he seven should. seven to nine three straight years two thousand fifteen sixteen seventeen QB seven to nine two thousand eighteen he played the second half of the year with a broken back two thousand nineteen he was having he his best season back. basically right. and then got hurt. I. I I do think like what we've talked about with the Lions offensive line in in regards to how good the running game could be, not very. um, I worry about that with Stafford, with his recent injury history and the fact I think the Lions could just be awful. I I worry about him uh, not being protected. When you say awful, you mean just awful, not just defensively, but also running the ball and just like Matthew Stafford, like all these fundamentals, things that help make quarterbacks great. I could really yeah, I think one staff. of like seven or eight teams that could be the worst team in football I think you know what uh obviously Ben Gretsch if you listen to us throughout the offseason he loves Stafford the most what he said which uh, obviously rings true is the the receiving core that happened between Calvin Johnson and essentially Kenny Galladay was these short area routes that these guys had run with Golden Tate and Theo Riddick and and how the offense operated and then they gave him some field stretchers with Marvin Jones and Galladay and you've seen the offense open back up last year, you know, his yards per attempt, all those things were certainly at a career high for Stafford. So if the weaponry is working and the run game continues to struggle or, you know, not necessarily excels to a high end level, um, 
he's going to have to throw a lot, you know? And so, you know, with Galladay and Jones and Hawkinson and, you know, whatever the backs do out of the backfield and Amendola, that's the strength of this team is what the passing game is. So with the defense that's rebuilding and, and a team, like he said, I think he's right. They're probably going to be chasing points. It makes sense for Stafford to have a big season, but he is, you know, getting to the point where you have to worry about injuries. If in fact, that's a problem for him now. You know, one nice thing about Swift is that he's a good receiver out of the backfield. That could help Stafford and Swift if the if the Lions so choose to actually utilize a running back the appropriate way. Next tier, Transformers tier. Not so good, but if it's on, I'll watch it. Ryan Tannehill. More than meets the eye. Uh, that probably would have been better. I don't know if these guys are more than meets the eye. Maybe less well, than meets the eye. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, Drew Locke, Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, Mitchell Trubisky, and Phillip Rivers. It's a big tier. I'll read it again. Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, Drew Locke, Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, Mitchell Trubisky, and Phillip Rivers. You can't let go of Trubisky, Trubisky huh? Rivers. Trubisky had a fold in the question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Well, go ahead, Heath. Defend this tier, and and do you want any of these guys? I'm not going to defend my number 28 quarterback. That's uh, and he's not even number 28 in my rankings. But um, yeah, like if Foles wins this, he would be lower because he doesn't have near the rushing upside that Trubisky does, and I don't think either of them are going to be good as passers. I've got Rivers ranked higher than this projection, but I am worried about the drop off that we saw from him last year and going to a team Ben Gretsch has highlighted a lot. They were very run heavy when they were ahead. Their defense looks awesome. Their offensive line looks awesome. I don't know how much they may just need rivers to be better on those limited throw it throws than Brissett was to get into the playoffs. Um, the, the one guy there's two guys, I think that really stand out in this tier and it's burrow and Mayfield because we can imagine a lot more upside for those guys than the rest of the tier, which is probably unfair to Ryan Tannehill after what he did last year. But I would say Burrow and Mayfield are the two that you would elevate based on potential upside instead of just like the actual projection. Okay. And I may, I, yeah, go ahead. Jamie. I may regret, yeah. I may regret this, but I don't even have Burrow in the early streamers tier. I'm worried about the schedule. I'm worried about how he'll, I, if he had a regular off season, I know I'd be more bullish on him. I know it, but it's not that way. And so I'm nervous about Burrow being someone that you're, you can't possibly start him week one in a one quarterback league. So you're going to keep him on your bench. How long is that going to last for if he doesn't get off to, you know, a white hot start for the Cincinnati Bengals? I don't know if that's going to be someone that's even worth a draft pick at this point. And I think Tannehill does deserve some credit for last year. He was really, really good. And so I've got him ahead of the early streamers. I I would not hate to have Tan. I'd rather have Tannehill on my bench to begin the year than Joe Burrow, just to see what happens. Because if Tannehill ends up being the guy that he was last year, he was a league winner in fantasy. He helped people out in a major way. He was unbelievably consistent. So I, if, if that's my last pick in a one quarterback draft, I'd be thrilled with it. Okay, Jamie, um, are any of the guys in this tier? Someone you want as your starting quarterback week one for fantasy? Week one? Um, probably not, no. Okay. Uh, what do you think about Baker Mayfield, though, or Burrow? I think Burrow's, uh, Dave's concerns for Burrow are valid. You know, the lack of an offseason, the lack of a rapport with A.J. Green because of not working like we talked about last week. Uh, I think, Heath, you said the story you looked up, they have yet to uh, – throw together right um correct they were trying to you know work something out 
So Burrow, I think, is going to be in a, in a tough spot early in the season. I do think that he has some Gardner Minshew, Daniel Jones appeal in terms of rookies from last year that you picked up and started at some point during the season. So I think that will definitely happen for Burrow. But um, Mayfield is interesting because clearly the weapons are fantastic. The offense is, is, is going to be run heavy if Stefanski is not just necessarily doing or was doing what Mike Zimmer wanted and, you know, run, run and run some more. But, you know, we, we said this about Baker last year. He was great after his rookie season. They gave him Odell Beckham and he fell apart. Now, was that Baker? Was that Freddie Kitchens? Was that, you know, trying to force the ball to Beckham too much and it didn't work out? Um, now he has another year with Beckham, hopefully a better play caller and Austin Hooper. Uh, with David Njoku back. Remember, Njoku missed, <clears throat> excuse me, a good portion of the season last year, and he gets Kareem Hunt for a full season. So there's a lot around him that should be able to work. I do think that Baker is, if you're just looking for a comparison, you know, where Kirk Cousins did last year, he was more efficient. You know, touchdowns were up, interceptions were down. Um, could he beat 27 touchdowns again? Maybe, that he showed us his rookie season. But I don't think you're drafting that to be a number one guy. He does have bounce back appeal, though, if, uh, if, he, if he figures it out. And that's the big question. Will he figure it out? Mayfield going 15th in NFC ADP among quarterbacks goes Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger. I took him as my third quarterback in the fishbowl and it was like round 15. Well, what? Um, It couldn't be round round 11. Excuse me, round 11. Okay, it's still pretty good. Three quarterbacks with one of them being Baker Mayfield. That's very good. All right, the last tier. He's 26, so technically he should be a third quarterback, right? 26. Oh, in your your rankings? He's with Trubisky, (laughs) hanging out with with a guy on the bench. (laughs) Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with Megan Fox uh, tier, Dwayne Haskins, Sam Darnold, and Tua Tagovailoa. Um, noticeably absent would be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, he's probably. He's, I mean, he's gonna be their Week One quarterback. You would think, right? Yeah, he, he very well could be. He was great at the end of last year. Do you love him in matchups at New England and versus Buffalo? Yes, I love him anywhere <laughs> with that beard. No, I don't. No. I think the thing he's it's it's like Tyrod without the running, you know. So they're going to be uh, some people in two quarterback leagues or super flex leagues that end up with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and if he starts the majority of the season, you're going to be thrilled about that. Let's read some emails. Fantasy football at cbsi.com. I think we should get more into the Bears quarterbacks, though. No, I don't think so. I heard enough about the Bears quarterbacks for the last two weeks. To speaking of guys throwing together, there. Nick Foles still has not thrown with any of the Bears. Uh yeah whatever he's fine. That's Trubisky. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah he's he's been working. It's, it's been reports he is working out with his teammates in Chicago. You were you were searching for that one just to give yourself a little ammo for Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> I I really didn't think we were gonna have a debate about QB twenty eight. But <laughs> uh, Dave Scott from Chicago has our first email. So all right, how was your trip to Chicago? By the way, uh, it was excellent. It was great to see family and. All my friends, Giordano, Aurelio, and Lou. <laughs> Everybody's having a summer except for me. I think I might have to start having a summer. Um, dear Hardy, Miller, Beth, and Mark. This is something called Broad Church. Never heard of this. Uh, I know there isn't necessarily consensus, but some combination of you are in on each of David Johnson, Will Fuller, and Brandon Cooks as upside plays with Deshaun Watson as an elite or near-elite quarterback. But I noticed that the Texans' first four games are at the Chiefs versus Baltimore, at Pittsburgh, and versus Minnesota. Does this opening gauntlet scare you off of Texans' skill players in the ranges they're going? 
it's part of the reason why I've got Deshaun Watson ranked at the back of the second tier bus. I, I his talent's undeniable. I, I just got done watching his NFL Game Pass film session episode, and I learned a couple of things. There's a couple of interesting wrinkles in there that I think we can carry into 2020. But that schedule is dangerous, and it makes me really like David Johnson less. And I'm not even a big fan of him to begin with because he's old and crappy. What's the schedule again? At Kansas City versus Baltimore, at Pittsburgh versus Minnesota. Well, I mean, you saw what he did against the Chiefs in the playoffs, right? In Kansas City? I don't remember what his stats ended up being. I know they got off to a great two, start. 388 and 2, uh, 67 and 1, uh, 37 and 1. That's a pretty good game. Yeah, it's a pretty good game. Okay. Um, but, you know, he did have DeAndre Hopkins back then. It's very true. He did have DeAndre Hopkins. So I was talking about this on Twitch last week with uh, Chris Towers. And, you know, he was kind of wondering, like, why I would be down on Deshaun Watson. He said, like, has any quarterback, has any great quarterback lost the number one receiver and struggled or something like that? And it's kind of hard to find, but the examples are not good. I mean, Aaron Rodgers losing Jordy Nelson to the ACL tear. Rodgers had a pretty bad season by his standards. Um, But that's a last, that's a... Well, hold on, I'll get there. Dak Prescott before Amari Cooper was nothing like Dak Prescott with Amari Cooper. Um, Jared Goff lost Cooper Cup midseason, and also Todd Gurley got hurt at that point. So things just, he hasn't been the same. Uh, I couldn't think of an example of a quarterback losing his best player and not being worse. And Tom Brady, the numbers with and without Rob Gronkowski have always been very different. Now, the difference in this situation is he's getting Brandon Cooks. It's not like he's just losing DeAndre Hopkins. He's replacing him with Brandon Cooks. So that is better. But... I cannot think of a situation where a quarterback lost his best player and didn't fall off, lost his best receiver and didn't fall off. How did Stafford do without Calvin Johnson? Not great. Yeah, I don't think it was. But again, what what are the replacement options that were stepping into those guys? (sighs) Yeah, it's true. But unfortunately, Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, Will Fuller's the most injury-prone wide receiver in football, quite arguably, and Brandon Cooks has concussion history. All right, he's right behind Fuller in terms of missing time potentially. Well, no, he's only missed three games in his career, hasn't he? I know, but you, you look at you look at his body of work, and you know about the concussion issues, and you have to you have to take note of that. That's got to be part of the the formula for how you evaluate Brandon Cooks. Well, what do you it's think? This is a quarterback <laughs> show, after all. So, what do you, I mean, what do you think about that? And maybe I'm just forgetting someone, but it is tough. Even even uh, Mahomes last year wasn't as good. Was it because of his Russell injury? But without Doug Baldwin last year, Wilson, yeah, Wilson was fine, yeah. But he, but he had lot, yeah. I mean, that's a good call because Lockett and, and Metcalf. That's a great comparison. It's a great comparison, right? Because you're talking about an elite level quarterback. Well, I don't think anybody's saying Deshaun is not. He Lock, is. Lockett also is profile similar to guys like Fuller and and Cooks, except he stays healthy. Did he? he was hospitalized and didn't miss a game. Will Fuller tweaks a hamstring and it's half the season gone. All righty. Uh, let's go to Lucas from San Francisco. Is going rob- uh, robust RB a justifiable, justifiable strategy this year? During mock drafts, when I've gone three or four running backs straight, I can still find target hogs in the rounds after like Robert Woods, Devontae Parker, DJ Chark, Terry McLaurin. The man after my own heart. I, the problem I, and I, I think, think that, is that oh, it, go ahead, it's, it's that third running back. Because you can get two really good ones in the first two rounds. It's the guy you're getting in round three. You know, so it's that group of, and it depends how you like these guys, 
of Carson and Connor and Gurley and Gordon and Bell and David Johnson and, you know, uh, Ben would probably take Jonathan Taylor in round two at this point, but Jonathan Taylor and, you know, those, those other guys that you're getting in that round three range, is that better than taking, you know, Galladay or Thielen or um, A.J. Brown, you know, depending on the format? You know, that's the question you have to ask yourself. What's the answer? I probably wouldn't do it, but I, I think I could I, I see the upside. You know, if those, one of those guys hits, you're in great shape. How many receivers are you starting? I think that's got to be part of the equation. Fair point. If you have to start two. three receivers, mm-hmm. then I'm probably going to lean toward getting one receiver with my first three picks. But if I only have to start two and it's non-PPR and I know what the running back depth is and it's the most shallow of any position as usual, I'll, I'll start with three running backs for sure. And I think that's what a lot of like people who like really study fantasy, the people who listen to podcasts all year long, I think they're going to gravitate toward that. I think they're going to take running backs early more often than not, whereas casual people, the guys who aren't listening to podcasts, will pick up a magazine on their way and they won't think like that. They won't take running backs early. And then it'll be round five and they're staring David Johnson and that tough Texan schedule square in the face. All right, last email from Caleb. Okay, this first one's for Ben. If I get the chance to draft Jonathan Taylor, should I consider maybe taking Christian McCaffrey instead? <laughs> and the second question for everyone, is Dak Prescott a bargain around round five or six? A lot of my mocks have him going in the back end of round five to early or mid-round six. Should I take Dak Prescott there or wait for a late-round quarterback? I would take Dak. I like Dak there. All right. Quarterback tiers. Who do you think Ben's going to have more stock in? Taylor or A.J. Brown? Taylor, because everybody's high on AJ Brown. He's so much higher on Jonathan Taylor than everyone, and he keeps on going earlier. Like, he, he's, well, yeah. I, I don't. But what, look at their ADP on NFC. It's he, Taylor's like thirtieth. I don't think he's that much. He's higher that much higher than us on Taylor, but I don't know that he's that much higher than like where Taylor's getting drafted. All right, but he's RB eighteen. And NFC ADP is just so skewed towards running backs. AJ Brown is wide receiver seventeen. I don't know. It's just like, at first he was taking Jonathan Taylor in round four. And I was like, hmm, that feels kind of early. And now he's taking him in round three. And it, <laughs> it's just, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But he just keeps going earlier and earlier for him. I mean, maybe he's planning to go to Indianapolis and, you know, feed Marlon Mack a, you know, bad bowl of soup or something before week one so Taylor can take advantage. Maybe. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for, uh, for your time today on this quarterback tears episode we got dave's tears dave what uh what should we use for your tears uh we did comic book movies for this one well since i'm coming back from chicago and i put on at least five pounds i think pizza would probably be all right pizza toppings maybe like first one will be just cheese you do toppings or we can do yeah let's do toppings that's that's gonna be better so uh those top five running backs are going to be the what cheese just cheese pizza just original can't can't be beat Right? Mm, no. Uh, what's the, the elite tier if of pizza? You can get a cheese pizza pretty much anywhere. Hey, I can get a good look at a T bone. We're out of here, everybody. Talk to you on Tuesday with running backs and Tuesday night on Twitch. Vote for us, Podcast Awards. Talk to you. Later.